when things or discussions or talks that you have with people get as personal as it does right now, there's only one thing you can do and start projecting it towards yourself, relating and, and start to try and feel what happens with yourself in the situation that you're in. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shots of Purpose. <laughs> yeah. We just had a very amazing joke told by Brian <laughs> as a way to uh, get this the, was get not us an started. amazing joke. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> so we're here with the full cast. Yes, full cast. Full cast. Hello, Brian. Hey, rock hey. and roll, baby. Hey, Brian. Hey, Tommy. Hello there. Tom is here in the building. Yep. Four times in a row already. I'm doing Four times good. in a row, man. Yep. Wow. Um, today's something, there, there's a topic that I want to talk to you about. Ooh. Well, every time we do have a topic that I want to talk to you guys about, but um, today something interesting came up, kind of we discussed what we wanted to discuss about in this episode, and I want to... <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. But yeah. um, no, I want to do this whole episode, um, at least a large part of it, and I want to dedicate it to um, our recent lessons learned. Ooh. Recent lessons learned. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we have some? Do we have some? Nah. Nah. Okay. So Brian's out. Okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Let's start over. with you. I <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> see you next week. Yes. Yeah, what up? Recent lessons learned. Recent lessons learned. Well, mm. I think that's funny because my recent lesson, uh, recent lesson learned, was one um, that would actually go well uh, if I were not to go first. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however. Okay. Okay. No. 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 I mean, if okay, it helps, then, if it helps, then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll Brian. Let's. It doesn't help when I now that I've. Uncovered it. <laughs> Fair but, okay. No, I was. It's funny that you started with me because today and yesterday I was thinking, yeah, I'll just try and go through this podcast by listening, mm-hmm. um, which works well with my my lesson learned. And then you go like, yo, you start, okay? Yeah, yeah. So probably you're already like the 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 lesson that you learned is listening. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I couldn't imagine so. So okay, Brian, what's your <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So the lesson I recently learned, um, it it kind of smacked me in the face. Even it was about assumptions. Oh, and basically, uh, in a nutshell, the lesson for me was: don't assume that people are on the same page, especially if you got to work together on a project. Um, and if there's an assumption that you think, then bring it to the surface and make sure you ask. Okay. And would you like to hear the story around that? Yeah, I would love to because yeah. you're we're talking about a nutshell, but I don't Woo. want you to talk from a nutshell right now. I want you to be quite explicit come and elongated about it. Asking. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna crack that nut open. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> wow. All right, so Yost so and I uh, work together sometimes, which is, mm-hmm. but basically, <laughs> besides on this podcast, <laughs> besides on this podcast, indeed, yes. And yeah. uh, we recently <clears throat> sent a proposal to a client. And I had made an implicit assumption of what was included in the proposal and what wasn't included in the proposal. And I, my inner voice had told me to make a certain thing explicit or at least to ask or, you know what I mean, say something about it. But the other part of me thought, oh, of course, this is very clear. Everyone's on the same page. And then 
Um, one of the like the first email that we got back from this potential client was asking about this specific point. And um, without going into too much detail, basically, we want to work with someone to design an app that is supposed to deliver content in specific ways. Okay. And I, I assumed that it was very clear to everyone that Yost and I would not be actually creating the content that the app would deliver, that we would only create things that are part of the app and the app's UI. Yeah, okay. So the facilitation of the app itself, basically. Yeah. And so the content delivery design, thing, yeah, not the, the content design itself. Of the app. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the client, uh, that wasn't totally clear for them. And mm-hmm. so I'm really happy that they asked about it and we were able to uh, make that point clear. But that's that's actually also a really good thing from the client's point of view, I mm-hmm. would say. Because yeah. it's it doesn't happen a lot when a, um, I would even say up to this day, so uh, 2019, we've yeah. been quite experienced as a, you could say community or as a world working with um, giving assignments in a freelance kind of way mm-hmm. and, and, and briefing each other and asking questions. But still, quite often, you get into the domain of um, unclearities when it comes to the briefing, right? Yeah. So it's it's uh, props for the client in in question or the potential client in in, in this situation. Yeah, that, that for sure. They immediately ask, right? No, I mean I made a mistake. Yeah. And if it weren't for the client being so sharp on this point, this could have bitten us uh, in the ass. You know, uh, like a month from now when we we're like in the middle of the project, everything got started, all the documentation signed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So I'm I'm happy that uh, we figured this out before we started the actual project itself. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Do you have any more of these examples where you like you? Because I think it's a good lesson mm-hmm. um, to not go off of assumptions. Ooh, but, for sure. Lots of examples, especially in in oh, let's say interface design. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that someone using like the human behind the screen using an, a, a certain interface <coughs> is going to know certain things before you get there. If the assumption is based on some kind of data, like you've seen in research that people already know a certain thing before they go, then okay, that's fine to assume that they will know it. But uh, going on assumptions that are not based on any kind of data mm-hmm. um, are that's dangerous. No, but do you know, do you know what the, the difficulty quite often in our field of work, especially as designers in general, I think is when you're um, <clears throat> going off of assumptions and assuming something goes really quickly in your mind, right? Mm. So the 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 speed of where your brain goes like oh probably it's gonna be this and this or or it will go in this or this hey, your direction. brain works like that too yeah okay yeah. <laughs> that's um, what was mine yeah yeah I think everyone's d- brain works like that it's kind of maybe programmed that way right it's to defend ourselves are we programmed okay let no no let's not dig into this <laughs> Damn it. but thinking <laughs> fast and slow <laughs> but um yeah right no yeah. I think I think go yeah nice book by the way absolutely but um have you guys read it yeah. Would you recommend it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I oh, definitely absolutely. would. Yeah. Daniel Kahneman, he won the Nobel Prize in Economics for yeah. the work that is part of what this book is has become or where this book came out of. Yeah. Thinking fast and slow. Yes. Yeah, okay. System one, system two. It's amazing. We can do a whole episode on that, I think. That's mm-hmm. the elephant and the writer, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. But yes, the yes, elephant yes. and the writer metaphor, someone else came up with that. Yeah. Okay. So official recommendation by Shots of Purpose. Boom. Buy and read that book. Shots of Purpose reading list. Book club. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do that. We're going to do this. We're going to publish a book list. Nice one. Um, write it down, yeah. Um, so, but what I, what I was trying to say when it comes to assumptions is that quite often we, we already tend to <clears throat> bend or start moving 
into our direction, even mentally, when we haven't even started physically doing things. Yeah, for sure. Assuming things, which is a, a really dangerous thing to do, especially yeah. within our field of work and especially when data comes mm-hmm. into play. Because quite often you, because we, we do, oh, that was what I was going to say, because we do things on a daily basis. The the things that we do are um, still different, but but the way we approach them are quite often um, repetitive with different projects. But because of that, we tend to move into um, similar already gone through modes of handling or tackling those. Yes. Whereas we can also, um, or what we will do is assume, okay, probably the person in front of us testing this product or, or prototype out or the the uh, will have the same knowledge on the matter as we do. Yeah. And that's where you quite often go wrong, oh, right? Yes, the curse of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So how do we overcome these assumptions in design or in client work? Oh, I first, I, I have something on that, but yeah, maybe Tom sure. How a... do you tackle it? Because for what for me, it's kind of like a mantra. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny because I have these these post its on my desk at work, and there are things like um, never start from assumptions. Mm. There's like little little bits and little pieces of text or little quotes that continuously remind me um, to think about things mm-hmm. that I quite um, bubbles. Yeah, it they're they're like bubbles where which which are or, or directions where I which are kind of like my own personal blind spots where I tend to really quickly step into. Nice. Yeah. Um <clears throat> doing my work completely end to end for instance. Ooh. I'm a I'm a really um uh, I'm a really good st- startupper. So when it comes to projects, I'm really good and really hands-on and really fast and really really um good at starting things up getting things initially done um mm-hmm. getting things set up getting the right people in the room conceptualizing uh, brainstorming ideas yada, yada yada but the workout stuff and the actual production of this stuff mm-hmm. is something that is a huge difficulty for me but i know that it's a difficulty so one of the post-its on my desk for instance is being end-to-end cool because being end-to-end yeah or, or visionary working yeah, working yeah. Yeah. cradle to cradle yeah 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 Wee. okay Tom yeah, is the Steve Jobs, and he needs a uh, Tim Cook to like yeah. carry out his vision. I get it. Yeah, kind of. <clears throat> yeah, was Tim Cook? Uh, he was, was he working? Was he? He was COO. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And any any uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Instead of you know flaming us on Twitter or whatever, like <laughs> <laughs> correct us politely. I I do admit that I I probably would have that wrong. Segway. Yeah. Joni Ive is leaving Apple. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's starting his own design firm back in the UK. Oh. How do we? How do you feel about that? Designing an elf, his own that, phone? No, that he's leaving <laughs> Apple. That Apple is now chief design officer less or fewer. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you really like California when you were there, right? I really <laughs> like California, definitely. But another segue. <laughs> another segue. Se- and they ride on a segue. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. No, the thing, the thing when it comes to 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 Apple and specifically, so no um, harsh words towards uh, Ivy, but the thing that I, and I, I <laughs> and res- sir Ivy to you, my friend. Okay, sir Ivy, my apologies. <laughs> no, but the thing yeah. is that I I respect Apple in a sense for <clears throat> the level of design and the level mm-hmm. of thinking things through, yes, conceptually about their phones and how they handle everything. Ooh. So from a political standpoint, from mm-hmm. a from a um, economical standpoint from a from a 
Yeah, you name it, and they thought of it, and everything is design, right? So, so it's completely design driven. But what I sorry sorry to interrupt you, but what I did think when it comes to the videos where you saw Ivy doing the presentation, Ive or Ive, right? It's John jo- whatever Jonathan Joni Ive, Ive, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Joni Ive. Yeah. But that's the, his nickname. This, is it? Oh, Jonathan, yeah, it's Jonathan, Joni Ive. Okay, sorry. Anyway, sorry, let me sir, Jonathan. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. But first, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. But the thing is that um, it 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 felt made. What do you it mean? Felt made. Yeah, of course it's made. But you you, you know what I you, you get my feeling. It it felt like I feel here's like your, here's your script. We're do it. Revolutionizing oh. the glass exactly with our next exactly. Creation. Yeah, and you can't see it if you're listening to the podcast. But my head is tilted to a forty five degree angle. And I'm wearing a white t-shirt. I'm not really. No, no. Does he wear black exactly. t-shirts all the time? Is or? it? Ah, oh, maybe. But he's not, not in the video, though. He's, you yeah, hear he's his in voice. a lot of videos. He is in a lot of yeah. videos. But, but that's what I felt like. And because he's of doing it in ones? that in that way, for me, he lost a little bit of credibility. You think? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so how do... So, so, okay, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so... I so, have so much to say to this, but uh, please. Yeah. yeah. You've been, you've been like, jumping to speak, so <laughs> do your thing. Sorry, Yost. Please. Um... So now that the chief design officer of Apple yeah. is going away yeah. at Apple, mm-hmm. and the things you, that you're describing, Tom, is like you're saying Apple is Apple and design are kind of unanimous. They're like yeah. one and the same. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. No, well, not in, unanimous, but um, they're they've done a really good job um, depicting themselves as a completely design-driven company, which is yeah, probably exactly. not the so case. Design-driven, yeah. But it's it's. Uh, at its best, a, a very well designed driven so company. Now that their chief design officer has gone, mm. and he was in he was in that position because Steve Jobs wanted him there. Yeah, right. So now that he's gone, what's gonna happen to Apple? Okay, I have I have definitely have something for this. Okay, let's go. <laughs> do, it, do, it, do it. Do it. Do it. If unless you have a, unless you Tom have a reply. no no no. I think there there. I think Apple is struggling since since quite a while getting Magic getting mouse, anyone. <laughs> with the charging port on the bottom. <laughs> I know, but I think Apple is 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 losing it bit by bit when it comes to to getting products on the market that smash it. And I think they're 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 in for a really difficult time, especially Brian is just if he will leave. Eyeing us. But, like um, when are they going to stop you, talking? You go, no, no, no. I mean I, I I think they're in for a really difficult time. Fair but enough. that already started when they're Maybe that's why he's leaving. Yeah, but that already okay. I didn't yeah. know why. Whatever, Brian. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I have a uh, um, take them in sequence. One is uh, who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's one company. Sure, they're the biggest company, the most uh, highly valued. I think under Amazon now, the richest, um, richest. Yeah, whatever. But um, I mean, okay, it's it's a, a a very high executive is moving to a new position. I think. He, I mean, you know. All, all, all the best uh, oh, people definitely. seem to be freaking out, but I mean, you know, it's 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 a dude moving to another, doing a career change. He's been there forever, so I mean, I I get it. <laughs> yeah. At some point, even if you're Joni Ive, you want to do something new. I I totally understand. <clears throat> um, when's the design room bus now? Oh, maybe, maybe. But uh, going back to the to to your question about what do you think is going to happen now, I read something a, a, a while back about the culture at Apple mm-hmm. and. The reason why there was an interesting lesson in there saying that it's it's not that you can just, for example, hire an, a designer that came from Apple and think that all your design problems are going to be solved. 
because it doesn't work that way at Apple. At Apple, from what I read in this in this article, everyone who works in any way or has any influence on the product who actually does some sort of design, whether it's called design or not, so everyone in legal, every engineer, everybody, they they are are hired for their artistic and aesthetic and designy sort of sensibility. Mm-hmm. So basically if you're a designer working there, you have to you don't have to work so hard to get your vision across because everyone else is thinking along with you. It's very collaborative. It's in like the the very finely ingrained culture of the company itself. Hence the circle. Oh, you mean the headquarters? Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> Apple UFO. Sure. Um, maybe. But yeah, uh, so that's that's one thing I think is interesting to mm-hmm. think about just because if, if you want to, if someone were to try to recreate something like that, then you have to do it with everyone. I think that's the lesson in there. It's not like a lot of companies where we have now, you sort of have a, a group of creative people and they're in charge of making awesome shit and everyone else is just kind of <clears> the same and the, the, maybe boring. And that doesn't work. Everyone has to sort of, everyone has to be on the same page, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But are they? And what happens now that he's gone? No, I don't know. I mean, this is something I read in a, a <clears throat> someone wrote a blog post about it. Someone who used to work. And, at and don't get me wrong, Ed, because with everything that I just told you through my, my sentences, misspelling his name for, for, no, worries, like, dude. for <laughs> uh, no, ha- but still, I can listen no, to but it. All good. The yeah. thing is, the thing is that, it's it's not about the guy, but I think it's it's doing him misjustice the way that he's depicted in those videos. I think because what you're saying, like mm. that he's been deliberately gathered for that role, says something. Deliberately gathered? Yeah, he you mean, was uh, deliberately Steve acquired or put in yeah. that role, and he was put there for yeah. a reason yeah. and for a good reason. And we all love Apple's product, but it's it's like when you see those videos, it's like, oh, is this really you? You well, know? apparently, I mean, apparently it's, it's kind of like the same as, as we, we, like we've heard these stories of Steve Jobs, right? Where he, he pitches, uh, like teams against each other. Um, they have to come up with a design and then Steve gets to basically make the, the, the shot, final call, the, yeah. the calls is like, okay, we want this and not this. And, and he was, so Joni Ive supposedly did this as the chief design officer, right? So in the end, it does come down to his calls. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's also a thing that they do that's interesting. Another thing I read about how Apple does their design stuff is they have like a five three one sort of rule. So they come up with five different concepts. Mm-hmm. They take what works out of those five different concepts, makes three, right. and then they do the same thing again, and then they come out with one. So that's kind of that's kind of like looping back to the uh, dealing with assumptions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do we deal with assumptions? Um, I would say that testing them is definitely one. Uh, yeah. Yes. However, you first have to make them explicit. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, you could test them, but then in the end, you wouldn't what? really you know. You have to see what they are before you can yeah, test them. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so, you have to, so you basically you have to track back your own assumptions. Yeah, make them explicit, test them, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> and like so just keep repeating. Before keep that repeating. is actually yeah, being exactly. aware of your assumptions. It's like being but that's aware. making them explicit, yeah. right? Well, I mean, you could being be aware, aware of them. Of them. And not, yeah, why not? Oh, well, okay, yeah. But if, you're aware, if they're aware of what your assumptions are, then they're explicit. I, I don't see the difference. I think you mean making them explicit for everyone. Yeah. So f- yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. But it could be testing. just making them explicit for yourself. Explicit in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But that's this is kinda, what I, that's awareness. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's what I think. W- what happens when we um, we sketch on paper? Yeah. It's like a very quick way for us to put down our thoughts <clears> and then <throat> help 
to communicate to ourselves or even to communicate to others yeah. what our implicit assumptions are. And I think that's what happens when we do like lean validation. It's basically assumptions testing, but at different levels of fidelity. Yep, yep definitely. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's. Yeah, sorry, on. did I go off on a tangent again? No, no, not at all. No, uh, what I wanted to do right. was was th this was basically your your learned lesson, and yes. you own assumptions. So thanks for sharing. Thank you. Can I throw one last thing in? No, because you mentioned Apple. No, and Joni Ive. No. Okay. Johnny Ivy, I did mention him, but Johnny Ivy didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Johnny Ivy's green and he grows on the side of a building. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was picturing something like this as well. <laughs> okay, come on. He's a poisonous supervillain. <laughs> what, what do you want to say? <laughs> um, if you like <clears throat> Joni Ive's design and design aesthetic and sensibility and a lot of the values that go into that, check out Dieter Rams. Oh yes, Dieter Rams is uh, one of the, <gasps> the 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 big. He brought design to Brown. Brown, oh, the Ten Commandments. I'm, like, I'm in love yeah. with with the designs of those products designed yeah. by Dieter Rams. Yeah, and his ten uh, principles of good design yeah. are. I, they're basically that's what I follow. It's he's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, for yeah. me too. And one of them, one of them is um, design doesn't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Which I think is one of those things that I mentioned how exactly. design is in the culture, end-to-end, -end, everyone's part of it. And you mentioned end-to-end -end as well. You're yep. good at getting the right people in the room and dealing with assumptions happen. as well. Yeah. 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 I guess that's also one of the powers of a design sprint. If I just, uh, like, it's it's really just making basically your assumptions explicit yeah. at the start, trying to build something uh, or coming up with a, with a solution to those assumptions or so so that you're able to test them really quickly within one week. Hell yeah. Yeah. But what if what if I don't know how to do a design sprint? Oh, that's very. This sweet. is a segue out of my mind, man. But indeed, then what, you what can, happens uh, when you don't know how to do a design sprint? What you, can I do? You can. Yes, uh, do you know? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can hit me up on on LinkedIn. Ask me some stuff. I I know my fair share about design sprints. Or you oh, can yeah? go to my company's website, PurposeDesign.nl. Where mm -hmm. you can find some information, but but usually I would just uh, I is would suggest that you just information, me. or is it is it is it actually like a service that you offer where you actually facilitate design sprints for people? Oh, that would be awesome! That would be super cool. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, it, it sounds like a great idea. If only someone had thought of this. <laughs> okay, no, but yeah, you're, yeah, okay, ladies and gentlemen, without without Josh knowing, we were like horrendously plugging him yeah. and pushing without him into me, doing okay. so. Yeah, yeah. purposedesign.nl. Yeah, I I I was on to you, boys. But <laughs> but I'm what I'm what I'm what I really like is human contact. So if you want to know something about design sprints, yeah. contact yeah. me. And of yeah. course, if you want to run a design sprint, then I'm all for it. Awesome. To help you. Cool. Awesome. Hit this guy up. He's really good at what he does. And how do we know that? Because he learned a lesson recently yes. and he's about to tell us about it. Yeah. So we had we had Brian with his lesson uh, on, on assumptions. And uh, now I want to hear what your lesson is. And you're not the first anymore, so you can hook into this quite perfectly, All right, I would cool. say. Um, Speaker. Mine comes also with a story that I have to read <laughs> in my nice. story voice. We will be very quiet. Um, but it, it doesn't start with that story. Oh. Um, but I, I do love that that Brian's learned lesson has to do with these assumptions. Um, cause this kind of, yeah, this kind of goes together with that. Um, but for me, I think a very, um, uh, yeah, this is a recent lesson and I, I have to preface this by saying that I'm a 28 year old guy that has just recently had the idea that he's now becoming a adult man. Oh, like really, hmm. you know, like a grown up. 
like I'm having grown up thoughts, like considering the perspectives of other people. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that kind of grown up thoughts. Oh, okay. That okay. kind of grown up oh. stuff. Yeah. Because Sorry, there's one thing that I'm saying to myself, clear. and that is, please, n- Tom, never grow up. Well, no. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, okay. That's a very, yeah. But you don't stop playing because you grow up. You grow up because you stop playing. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I kind of, it was, it was already in there, but for me, my learned lesson is that there is always, always, always a different perspective to a story. And of course we've heard this all, right? It's like, this is one person's perspective and there's always the other side of the story. But for yep. me, this recently came into fruition or like, it, it was very practical when I had a conversation with a, a guy who does, he does basically a lot of the uh negotiations for a large energy corporation in the netherlands he does the negotiations with the, all the other companies and especially also with uh our um our politics our politicians okay so yeah. it's like basically lobbying right so we've yeah. been talking about lobbying mm-hmm. he's one of those guys uh, and for me the interesting thing was when we were talking about like the bad name that the the netherlands has in in the world when it comes to being sustainable mm-hmm right so we're we are fairly low on the ranking of doing better yes uh doing we're better not doing sustainably really good. no we're not doing we're not doing very well when it comes to sustainable uh energy sourcing or uh you know like basically reducing our pollution being more green that sort of thing um we are really 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 low on the ranking like 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 there are Horrific countries low. in africa that are doing better Really? But, but these yeah, but this is but these are statistics. And his so so my lesson is is that there's always a different perspective. And his perspective on this is like, well, but you also have to consider that the Netherlands is one of the largest countries in the world, one of the largest exporter of foods for the entire planet. Right? So we export so much food, like I think we're second mm-hmm. next to some other big like like a huge com- uh, country. And what you have to consider for this, for this one example, is that this food is grown in greenhouses, and these greenhouses are usually heated with gas um, uh, bulbs. Yeah, or like gas-fueled uh, heating systems. Mm. Mm. Right. This consumes huge natural gas. Huge, yeah, natural yeah. gas. Huge amounts of energy. Huge amounts of gas. Yeah. Um, so knowing that, right? Like we can't just stop our export of foods. And and just hearing no. this story, just like okay, there's always this different perspective to like, yeah. Because basically, what you hear when you look at the news, and, 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 and I mean, I've been I've preached about this, right? Kids going to the Hague under school day, and and you've been a- you've been even like in some some discussions that we've had outside of the podcast or while having dinner, you've been quite fierce and direct, and and um well opinionated about things that we've talked about mm-hmm. considering these topics so yeah yeah and i and i still stand by i th- i think i stand by by the idea that we 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 can do more and we should do more mm-hmm. um but stuff on on their face value does it, it, apparently it isn't always yeah um what it seems to be and i think that's a huge um yeah it's just a huge lesson it it's it's just yeah, learning to to not take something 
just the way you see it, mm. I suppose. Just like trying to see something from a different perspective. And this is also what the story... I have a, I have a story. This is basically the... Before you start that, yeah. can I just say one yeah, thing? Yeah, of course. Aaron, I'm reading a quote from Aaron Levenstein here, and this is... Uh, Statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is suggestive, but what they conceal is vital. Hmm. What you, your story, hmm. what you just said, reminded me of this. Yeah. You think of one data point, and yeah. you think, oh, shit, we're doing really badly. But if you look at it in a broader context, it's a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. Completely agree. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and, okay, so... Sorry for interrupting you. No, 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 it's... Uh, what I, what I, are you like going to read a piece of? Yeah, so, okay. Uh, what is the, the book? Yeah, so I'm going to read something from a book, um, and this book... Before I say the title of the book is um, so so you have to right so one of the lessons that I've learned is is to gain or try and see the other side so the other perspective right but it, this goes very much in line with also listening to people and being mm-hmm. genuinely interested in what they have to say even though it it doesn't line up with your own opinion um, and this is also something what I love this book for it's a it's a classic it's from nineteen thirty seven. And it's it's really up on that list of must-read books. It kind of has a very... It has a title that just kind of, you know, it, it punches you in the nose. It's not the yeah. best title. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by uh, by Dale Carnegie. Mm. But it's it's so good. It's it's written because there wasn't a book on, on how, like, how to be a decent human being. Like, not even a decent, how to be a great human being. We're gonna we're gonna push this one up to our reading list, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Yeah. Um, so the story, uh, I'll just yeah, just take it away. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. So um, here is another illustration. C. M. Naffel Jr. of Philadelphia had tried to, for years to sell fuel to a large chain store organization, but the chain store company continued to purchase its fuel from an out of town dealer and haul it right past the door of Naffel's office. Mr. Naffley made a speech one night before one of my classes, so this is the, the author, uh, of one of my classes, pouring out his hot wrath upon chain stores, branding them as a curse to the nation. And still, he wondered why he couldn't sell them. I suggested, the author, suggested that he try different tactics. To put it briefly, this is what happened. We staged a debate between members of the course on whether the spread of the chain store is doing the country more harm than good. Nafli, at my suggestion, took the negative side. He agreed to defend the chain stores and then went straight to an executive of the chain store organization that he despised and said, I am not here to try to sell you fuel. I've come to ask you to do me a favor. He then told about his debate and said, I have come to you for help because I I can't think of anyone else who would be more capable of giving me the facts I want. I'm anxious to win this debate and I'll deeply appreciate whatever help you can give me. Here's the rest of the story in Mr. Nafli's own words. It's, a, it's two more minutes, I mm-hmm. think. I had asked this man for precisely one minute of his time. It was with that understanding that he consented to see me. After I had stated my case, he motioned me to a chair and talked to me for exactly one hour, 47 minutes. Wow. He called in another executive who had written a book on chain stores. He wrote to the National Chain Store Association and secured for me a copy of a debate on the subject. He feels that the chain store is rendering a real service to humanity. He's proud of what he's doing for hundreds of communities. His eyes fairly glowed as he talked, and I must confess that he opened my eyes to things I had never even dreamed of. He changed my whole mental attitude. As I was leaving, 
He walked with me to the door, put his arm around my shoulder, wished me well in my debate, and asked me to stop in and see him again and let him know how I made out. The last words he said to me were, Please see me again later in the spring. I should like to place an order with you for fuel. To me, that was almost a miracle. Here he was offering to buy fuel without my even suggesting it. I had made more headway in two hours by becoming genuinely interested in him and his problems than I could have made in 10 years trying to get him interested in me and my product. Wow. <laughs> Completely fucking true. I cannot more align with this from an opinion than what that book says. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's it's not what it looking at me like that for. No, no, but it's 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 it is true. And it's um um I think that for for uh, also what we talked about when it comes to to assumptions. It's it's super difficult to um in in situations, especially situations where it's about your own gain or your own win or loss, um to take that step back. Or or fly up a ladder higher to see it from a bird's eye view, maybe to see the bigger picture, to see what could be going on at the other end of the the the, the stage, so to say. Mm-hmm. And if we would just all, and then I'm talking about all of humanity in in whatever situation we're we're in, and we would be mindful of the fact that in whatever situation we come in there's another party that's on the opposite side of whomever we are talking or engaging with mm-hmm. that can have a completely different view on the same situation i think from an em- empathy point of view that's that's something that we try to do with our our empathic view on design to do on a daily basis and and if everyone would do that only 2% more in their life yeah. life would be a whole lot better. That would make a huge difference. Yeah. Thanks sure. for sharing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. Very welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> I love it. It's a beautiful story about cognitive empathy and perspective taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yeah, also being I, kind of forced into it, like through this little trick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I I do wish that like the rainbow at the end was that. Uh, I wish it wasn't that he finally got to make the sale and now right, it's all about yeah, oh yeah. i got to make the sale because i no, but, you know became but, friends with a guy but it, you know i, th- I think th- becoming friends with the, the 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 your opponent or whatever has merit on its own you know even if right. the guy didn't say i should like to buy some yeah indeed some fuel look, from you. look beyond the 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 him wanting to buy fuel yeah. after all it's, it's yeah. not about him buying the fuel yeah but that's the, i mean the story still does portray it that way and at the end yeah, the final I mean, line is you know, I finally made more headway selling fuel by uh, being his friend than anything else. Yeah. So and it's like the conclusion of the whole story, whether it, or whether it could have been like, you know, I made a new friend and I learned a new perspective and that's amazing on itself. And yeah, but you know, pla- place, I forgot about the fuel. Like, But the essence of that story, place that conceptually for yourself in a different situation. Yeah. And then you see where it's pointing. No, at, right? absolutely. I mean, I totally yeah. agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. Like Definitely. you start out with, like you start the story with the, with the fuel. So then ending yeah. it is kind of wholesome. Yes, I that's get, I true. Get, I definitely get what you're saying. And it, but I also understand taking the perspective of maybe Dale Carnegie, who wants to teach people to be yeah. empathic. Uh, he's showing the benefit that they can get out of that. 
Exactly. Maybe it's people yeah. who are, you know, he more is selfish. throughout the book constantly it's, saying it's, that it has to be genuine, whatever you're be, yes. doing. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just, I mean, of course, this book is is written in the, the rise of capitalism, right? In that, that era. So, sure. of course, selling more is on everyone's mind. I've, I've, when, I, when I just started with my career, I can, I can rem- remember a situation where I was in cahoots with a manager. <laughs> cahoots. <laughs> yeah, nice wording, right? Yeah. Sometimes I pull words out of my ass that I'm like, where did this come from? Did but, you pull it out of your cahoot? Oh, yes, it, yes I did. I just said out of his ass. Oh, There's no sorry. mystery there. Oh, There's well. no mystery. No, but the thing here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what happened was that that um, the the working relationship between me and the the, the project lead wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a manager, but a project lead mm. um, wasn't uh, going into a, a good direction, so to say. Yeah. And we were like um, pressurizing. Um, well, not necessarily each other, but we were, if I was doing a very good job or if I was uh, doing a horrible job on yeah. tasks for that project, he would continue to push me and 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 um, project his stress and and uh, mm. uh, uh, yeah. uh, pressure onto me and other employees within that team, and he would be like really stressful, and he would he, it wasn't a healthy relationship we had with him as a project. I get it. Yeah, and I remember an evening where I was driving home from work, um, not for Christmas, but just from work, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was calling my dad because I had to vent the whole situation as well uh, and this had been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks your dad's a fucking guru man he's my, awesome. my dad is a fucking guru yeah. he's he's been a, a a salesman almost all of his life uh and it, yeah worked his way up into very uh, a very nice position now where he's um also training younger um salesmen within his organization as well but what the the, the really cool <laughs> thing is mm-hmm. with the whole situation was that he let me vent my ass off really i lost it behind the wheel almost to a point where i was like shouting and 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 like really really um um giving off on that guy for for who do does he think that he is that he can can act his way to me and then he was like tom tom okay you've said what you wanted to say now and i've listened to your story but in what situation do you think that that project lead is and i was like what do you mean? Why do you think that he's portraying or projecting all of that stress and pressure onto you guys? And then it started to click Mm. because obviously we as junior designers were the end point. We had to make sure that whatever we were working on or were creating was in the end working out his vision, but that was not his vision. Obviously it was whatever he had been told to work on or mm. whatever he promised to, to deliver. And that pressure came from his managers and leads as well. Yeah. So all the pressures and, and, and things that he got pushed on from, from higher up and for whatever reason or, or not being as, as mature that he could handle the stress or just it was so much stress that he didn't know how to handle it himself anymore. Mm. But he started projecting that because he, he, he needed to share and vent his levels of stress and pressure as well. Yeah. So quite often, what is the first thing that you do? Project, project onwards. Mm-hmm. So relieve that stress and relieve that pressure. But I was still so junior and so young that I could not see it from that perspective. Mm. But it's, it's a similar situation. What, you, did you, what did you end up doing? 
end up based on what your dad said. What I ended up doing was having a lot of empathy for the guy and and sitting down with him because we were in a situation that we couldn't really um uh work together without being really uh gnarly towards each other with like ah. n- n- yeah um shitty remarks and and like under the belt uh comments while doing work together yeah uh and then in a certain moment i walked up to him and i i i uh pulled him with me for a cigarette and a cup of coffee and um basically um i really openly told him that i had to talk with my dad <laughs> and that uh, nice. I really told him, hey, hey my dad is a is is a, a quite experienced guy. He 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 showed. I told him about the situation, and he yeah. let me see the other the other side. And now is the thing that I see now is is something that I didn't see, and probably you were under a lot of stress as well. Yeah, and I didn't see that before, but now I understand that you are probably in a lot of stress and and pressure as well. How can I help? That's so beautiful. And that last question. Yeah really stood him still on where he was was standing at the moment and he looked Bro. at me and he was like that's the only fucking thing that i needed right now and it was right. not because he wanted me to say it but it was literally the only thing that he needed someone that stood beside yeah. him in terms of okay how are we going to tackle this problem Beautiful. ourselves or together as a team yeah. and that that was super awesome and i learned a lot of it but it's it's yeah sometimes it's it's also again a different perspective and you remember this moment so many years later. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm uh, sure the other guy does too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the book, um, about there's a book about nonviolent communication. I don't remember w- what it's actually called, but it's written by a husband and wife duo. Um, it's definitely another one for the reading list. And they talk about reversal. And it's basically when someone comes at you with aggression. You can just, and they, they expect aggression back, oh, right? right? Yeah. And because you, you responded with compassion in a moment where there, that he was being combative with you, it totally fucking stopped him in his tracks. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh then he was more receptive to your message yeah. than normal. Yeah. And it's just because of this whole like crazy reversal thing. It's amazing. If we just defy expectations. But, but this is, a, this is. Maybe a tip to everyone who is listening. Yeah. If you're super, super old, super experienced in the job that you do, or if you're super junior, sometimes there's only one question that helps you in a situation where you're in. How can I help? And that's that's Boom. literally a question that I've been using throughout my years of working. And it's it's not a whole heap and it's it's not that long, but it's helped me through a lot of difficult situations or difficult at least situations. After that one, that that um, could potentially be a whole lot more gnarly or difficult. Yeah. In between people that I work with, I love it. Is that your lesson, or did you have no, even, no, no, no? It, it's, it's not even my lesson, but wow. this is this based upon what he's a what, fount. This man. <laughs> no, it's 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 based on what what Joost shared uh, just now, and it made me think of that. So thanks. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you too, man. No, but seriously. I mean it genuinely. Yeah, me too. I'm not trying to sell you fuel or anything. Yeah, yeah. You're not you trying were. to sell us fuel. <laughs> you were. You're. You're. You're trying to to get me cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that killed someone. Someone's AirPods. That sound. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Um, I think it's my turn, right? I think so too, Tom. Mm. Let's um. Oh. Let's hear your perspective on things. Okay. So, um, once upon a time, no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's funny though. It's a funny story. I've been, um, uh, I've been 
kind of the type of guy for years, all my life. Wait, hold on. Rephrase that, please. Mm? You've been trying to tap a guy? No. I've been, I've been kind of the type of guy. Oh, kind of the type of guy. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Did I literally say trying no, to I tap a that. guy? No, right? I heard that. Sorry. Oh, wow. But, he also um, has a great voice, but he can't hear so well. No, I know, I know. I can't either, but that's okay. Thank you. What? <laughs> yeah, you do have a great voice. Oh, we're going we're gonna to be emotional here as well. But, um, I'm sorry. So it's a funny story. I'm the coldest stone ice. <laughs> Cold as ice. The, I've, I've, I've always been the type of guy um, mm-hmm. that was like, um, and this is also how I've been raised. So this, this tracks back and, and I love my parents to death and they've done, I would say, a very good job in raising me. But one of the things that they've always taught me was, um, one of the things was never throw away old shoes. So for instance, mm. when you uh, uh, made the decision for yourself that you're finding a new job, um, always make sure that you hold on to your old ones before you, yeah. Except oh, this is a metaphor. Ah, yes, okay. it's a metaphor. But um, basically, cool. um, that was one thing. Make sure that you're able to to take care of yourself, uh, also financially, but also in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when it comes to work, make sure that your your um, your secondaries or your your um, what's like the your partner? No, no, no. Secondaries. What I mean by that is um. In Dutch, it's called... The people who work under you? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. contractual terms. Contractual, yeah. Not, not, oh, not just money. Oh, yeah, 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 your benefits. Yeah, your benefits. Yeah. Sorry, I lost the words. Okay. I'm, I'm losing my English. Oh, here for second day to Arbeitsvorwahl. Yes, yeah, okay. those yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, that those are pretty well, uh, make sure it's... Uh, yeah, so basically, I've, I've always been um, quite aware of making sure that I, that I find myself in, in mm. good positions and... and um, we well, should never go freelance then, because you have no benefits at all. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but, fucked. Yeah, <laughs> but um, um, and I've I've been all always really really happy with the places that I work. Even yeah. now, I'm really happy with the place that I work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not a story like that, but um, I'm in this um moment in life, and a lot of people call this like a quarter life. Mm-hmm. crisis or something but it's yeah. it's not that so it's not a quarter life crisis i'm not asking myself who am i where i'm going uh do i really want this mm-hmm. but what i do question myself lately is what makes me tick mm. ah. and what makes me um happy in the in the best possible way of um life and doing Ooh. life and approaching life let's get you some ayahuasca dude Duh, yeah. no but you know and it's yeah. it's um find your spirit animal and shit I, Fuck yeah dude. i don't know man but for it's, those of you listening ayahuasca is like a like a, a drug basically it's a plant but it's a drug that takes you on a hallucinating trip yeah but um spiritual journey or uh psilocybin what? Yeah, that's a that's a hard that's a drug that's supposed to be in uh, mushrooms, right? Yeah, yeah you can get it as a pill as well, and like you have it uh, in certain smaller doses where you'll just yeah, trip total they, intensity for ten minutes. Then you're done. This was not anymore. intended as being a, also a, a apparently drug store. a really, really, really promising <laughs> antidepressant. Yeah, it's good for PTSD as well, yeah. LSD as well. Yeah, but um, microdosing. Yes, <laughs> microdosing. Also, a fun don't, topic don't to talk go, about. Don't oh, go okay. uh, <laughs> microdosing yourself without. <laughs> Seeing your 
doctor about this. <laughs> Do not consider this as medical advice. <laughs> All opinions are my own. <laughs> Disclaimer. No, but what I've what I've been what I've been doing um, quite meticulously for the last couple of weeks <clears throat> is is by reading and by watching videos and uh-huh. by um, and obviously I know how important it is to to do what makes you happy in everything that you do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've come to um, the point in life where I'm like, okay, um, if I'm not going to focus on this in my life right now, I'm never going to do it. So I'm I'm meticulously finding these little things that I can tweak and twitch in yeah. my own life. So it's not necessarily a learning. It's, it's not necessarily a thing that I can say, okay, this is what I've learned, mm-hmm. but I've made a switch in terms of, okay, what are the things in life, in my life, and I'm still discovering this, so I don't necessarily have an answer yet. I will give you an update in the future, mm-hmm. but I am um, really consciously um, looking towards myself yeah, and um, what needs tweaking. And what needs tweaking sounds really systematic, but it's it's really like, okay, I'm already really happy also, it um, is kind of a systematic approach. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, it is. Why not? Um, I have a perfect book for you. Okay. I'm, I'm really happy in what I do. I'm really happy in life. I'm a really happy human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I approach life also really, really positively, but it's, it's like, um, uh, I think as human beings, we're always set up to see things or do things that you're like, or see from others. Yeah. Like, okay, um, I want that too. And how am I? So one of the things, for instance, that I that I know, I've, I think three or five years ago, um, I got my first open water petty certificate, and I'm completely nuts about it. Sorry, is that a like a diving thing? diving scuba ah, diving? Okay, yeah. sorry, petty. Yeah, petty potty p a t i thing. Oh, that's, anyway, that's, diving certificate. Yeah, diving certificate. Okay. So I got my diving certificate, cool. and I I was over the moon because I have, um a certain passion for, for water, for sea, for, um, the ocean always had it, always will have it. Mm-hmm. But, um, in the end it, it turned into scuba diving, got those certificates and I was over the moon, did it a lot for like almost a year. And then for whatever reason that stopped. And one of the things that I'm doing now, like, I'm, I'm like, okay, if I, if I'm not going to pick that up again and I notice that I've, that I'm missing it now, I'm not going to say no to shit anymore. So mm. if I if I have that urge that feeling, I'm just gonna go do it, and um, almost to a situation where I'm where I'm saying to myself, I never want to come into a situation where I, where I tell myself only if I had or what if yeah. I had, yeah. right? And I never want to come into a situation where I'm like uh, a fifty or sixty year old yeah. accomplished dude um, that that. But accomplished in the wrong parts. What is wrong? Yeah. Define wrong. Well, so well, probably I will if really? I if I do everything after everything that you said. You were about what were you about to? Oh, well, wrong, wrong to? is I think using in the judgmental diff- sort of uh, you know a bit yeah I aggressive language. So, okay. so the first thing that I'm that I'm like, but I see uh, your point. Thanks. Yeah. So the first thing that that clicked for for me now is okay. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go do that scuba thing because I I noticed that I that my <coughs> urge goes towards it. I'm yeah. watching videos. I'm reading articles, even after years of not doing it. Um, so yeah, that's um. Uh, so thing. what are you doing here, man? 
<laughs> Not go. scuba diving. Go. I heard that uh, they, they say that you, when you're in your deathbed, you regret the things you didn't do rather than things you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's... Okay, so so if if there's a learning thing for me, um, let's make that list at the end as short as possible. Ah, the, easy uh, Nike commercial. List. Just do it. Yeah. Cool. I love that one. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a learn thing. It's a it's a mindset shift. Carpe diem. It's definitely something you learned. Like mm-hmm. you were at some point uh, conscious about this. You yeah. you got conscious, so to say. Yeah. But for me, it's not driven about. It's it's not driven or triggered from, um, uh, not being satisfied or not being happy with something. Mm-hmm. It it. I don't know how it how it manifested, but at a certain moment, indeed, I became conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. That's powerful, Thanks. man. Yeah, it was. I'm curious to see your life in 10 years. Me too. It'll be like a Patagonia documentary about you. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Pat- not Patagonia. Patagonia maybe uh, maybe Oakley or something. Or what is it? This surf brand? Yeah, Oakley. Makes shirts. Or Fro- O'Neill. O'Neill. That's the one yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And Yost and I will be over here like. Very picturesque. Look how cool. And we're like, eh, sitting around. <laughs> No, no, no. We'll, we'll we... be doing cool stuff too. <laughs> yeah. And we'll still be doing the podcast, probably. <laughs> That's how it feels for me right now. Tell me right now. It's coming at you from underwater. <laughs> <laughs> how cool would that <laughs> be? Under the sea. Like with a full face mask with a microphone Under in it, so I'm still sea. able to talk. And then we do live shows. And then Everything's I'm doing them from down the it's wet 30 feet deep. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's, cool. that's my thing. Yeah. yeah. In a submersible. Yeah, why not? <gasps> Maybe I live in a submersible. That's like the bottom of the Mariana Isn't Mariana thing is submersible? <laughs> this is yours. Put your yeah. iPhone in, in the water and see what anything's a submersible. So it's submersible. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's submersible. Bowdy me, bowdy face. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was me. That was you. That was you. Beautiful. Mm. Wholesome. I like that. It's also very much in line with yeah. uh, our 11th podcast with Rudy van Beul, or 10th, where he talks yeah. about like, yeah, figuring right. out what makes you tick, what, what mm-hmm. resonates with the diamond, the way Brian said it, um, yeah. and being conscious yeah, about like, those, those moments in your day and your week mm-hmm. where you're really happy, and maybe doing more of those and le- yeah. uh, less of the Ooh. ones that, that are low on your list, you low on know, the score. You want to know an awesome uh, exercise that I did for this? For what? For figuring that out. Oh. Or seeing what, what triggers you. Yeah. Basically, I read somewhere about this online. I don't remember where exactly, but the, the, the idea is it's soup the internet, the World Wide Web. It's a series of tubes. So <laughs> basically It's a series of tubes. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really old reference. But anyway, okay. um make a list of things that you like to do and just keep writing until you start crying. And when you start crying, then you found the gold. That's where you shit becomes real wow just make a list of, of activities stuff things that seem nice and once you get down somewhere wait so like, free like writing a list of things cool you want to do well i mean you could uh, uh b- b- the broader like mechanism under this is the free writing principle if you yep. just keep writing and writing and writing you don't think about what you're writing you just keep going uh-huh. you, it starts engaging your subconscious and your like right. underlying emotional mind your system one gets in engaged and then you start putting things out on the paper that are emotionally relevant to you. And yeah. you did this. But you can focus this. Yes, I did. And but you can focus it with things to do. Oh, One yeah. of the things that I, if, if you're indeed up for trying this, I want to put this in perspective for you. Boom. Um, 
Brian is a really, really empathic and and um, uh, into his feels kind of guy. So probably for Brian, it would be much more easy than for other people to come to a point when you when you really feel something and start crying. Maybe um, he got overwhelmed because of all the feelings. Yeah, and um, <laughs> no, but super it, hard no, for no, him. no, no. But it's not to, to I cry all the time. I, it's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, life. but, but like for you, you're really open when it comes to yeah. your feelings and in touch with them. And crying is like a a, a really easy thing for you. So, but what I can imagine for um, our listeners that it's sometimes not so easy. So don't yeah. write your hand off because you're not crying yet. That's but what I, I'm saying. But I will say this. Also, not I used advice. to be really bad about this. <laughs> I used to be a very, very, very extremely closed off person. Mm. And um, it's funny, I actually uh, told the story as a keynote once in 2014. And that's where my now wife and I actually like really saw each other for the first time. Wow. Um, but so uh, my whole journey with empathy starts mm-hmm. with a, my quarter life crisis, if I can Maybe it wasn't a quarter-life crisis, but felt that way. Mm-hmm. The first time I was actually really depressed okay, was when <laughs> I had gotten out of a relationship and I had just finished or I was, I was on my way to finishing school and I was about to go through a bunch of life changes and I realized I was just profoundly lonely. I had a bunch of friends and I have a wonderful supportive family, but I was lonely in the sense that I was closing myself off and not allowing anyone to see inside who I really am. I always hid myself away because I was afraid if people knew who I really was and people knew what I'm really thinking and feeling and what, 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 uh, what I desire, people would reject me and think I'm weird and cast me aside. That was my huge fear. And it took me a long time to sort of get over that and, mm-hmm. and learn gradually to, to open up and be vulnerable. And going back to this podcast with Rudy you know, showing the diamond so that uh, they can resonate with other people's diamonds inside. I forget how we phrased that last time, but yeah, that kind of thing, that, that that was the profound, the profound change in my life. Um, leading up to, to who I am now, I'm still on that journey. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not completed with that at all. I'm still going down that path, but it was good. And maybe, maybe I just started into that journey. I don't know. Sure. But the point, the point is, it's not static. We, it's not like we're either emotional or not. No. We're on a spectrum and we can move. We can train ourselves. It's a skill like any other. Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence is like any other intelligence. You can def- develop it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that I also believe from, from my point of view, thanks for sharing, by the way, Brian. Really, thanks for really, opening really, the door really for beautiful. that. <laughs> thanks. Um, but, but one of the things that I really feel like when it comes to um, emotional it- intelligence mm. is that... Um, what you sometimes see when people meet each other or when uh, a, a new guy enters a group of people that are already really in tune to other people mm-hmm. or already um, um, really in tune into the people within that group and then a new person enters that group or whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes you come to a situation where they're, um, when they have remarks or comments on the emotional level of that person. You're mm. at a certain moment when new people get to know each other, you always have the level of emotional intelligence on the scale. So you want to know, okay, who's the person in front of me? What, where is he developed and, and in what way and whatnot? Um, what I do for myself every single time when I meet new people is that um, I see myself as a really sociable guy, but it 
but what I also understand and what I know, and I don't know all of these things yet, mm-hmm. but from an emotional intelligence point of view, I know that that has a lot of different aspects. And maybe I'm only really developed in the really external aspects of being social or emotional intelligent. And maybe there are other aspects of that level or different aspects of being emotional intelligent that he is more in tune to or developed in, and I am not. And so you can still be emotional intelligent, but on a completely different aspect within the spectrum. Yeah, like being really great at math, not necessarily good at science. Yeah. And someone else is really great at science, but you're both extremely intelligent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think, Tom? Mm. With your example, it sounds to me like this like empathy magnifying glass that you have where you can look into other people and immediately kind of feel what they're feeling and tell what they're yes. doing and stuff. If you could turn that around onto yourself and feel yourself and understand yourself in the same way, I think that could be extremely powerful. Probably, yes. Because you, you obviously can do it. You do it with us. You do it with yes. me all the time. Yes. You're amazing at this. Yes. And if we're going to be open here, there's one thing that holds you back. And that's one thing that is, I think, in essence, the most human thing there is. Mm -hmm. It scares me to death. Because I know I can. But why didn't I do it yet? It scares me to death. Yeah. Love versus fear. Yes. So what's the scary part? What scares you? That I know that I also will find or will have to deal with things that I will maybe not be completely ready for now within the face of my life right now. Yeah. I totally so I'm working that, yeah. my way up to the point where I'm saying, okay, let's flip the fucking magnifying glass. Oh. So I know I'm getting <laughs> to that point, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I have that too. At least I think I do. I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I feel like I yeah. understand the experience a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. Yost has an interesting, <laughs> huh? Yost has a very interesting look on his face yeah. at the moment. What, 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 what were you thinking about the whole yeah, thing? I'm curious about this. Yeah. Now. That I feel outside of this connection, but that's, I was just, I was just reflecting on my own behavior. Um, I was actually thinking that I didn't want to pull it towards me because that's what, that's what you seem to do. It's like, yeah, but I think this is okay. This, this is a podcast where I didn't expect it necessarily to become so personal as you mean episode uh, or or the podcast, this episode. So I didn't expect it to become as personal as it did. Um, but I think when things or discussions or talks that you have with people get as personal as it does right now, there's only one thing you can do and start start projecting it towards yourself, relating and, and start to try and feel what happens with yourself in the situation that you're in. Okay. So I think it's it's not not at all egoist uh, uh, or, or selfish. Selfish. No, I'm, I'm okay, hold on. To, to, so then, mm. I, yeah. right. <laughs> Maybe. Mm. 
I guess it's of course it's all human nature, right? And I guess that's also what how to win friends and influence people is all about. It's it's always about you. Like you don't give a shit. It's always about you because you're the only one that matters. You're like ninety five percent of the time thinking about what you're thinking about or what you're going to do next or like what this person has done to you or whatever or even like how you can help another person. It's always about you, and of course that makes sense. Like there's nothing inherently bad about that. Um. So yeah, it's uh. <laughs> It's um, it's just it's just cool, and I I think if there's one thing that I would want to say, and that's something that I I I always think about, um, is that when you guys you 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 tell each other like am amicably like friendly that you love each other, right? And yes. I never say that back because I my brain just those words they mean so much. Like I don't say that to friends, even though I care about them and about you greatly. Mm-hmm. This is like those moments that I instantly hold up a mirror to myself. It's like, okay, so I'm different. Um, and that's one of those reflective moments where, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear you guys talk and reflect about this. And I wouldn't, um, yeah, not necessarily know where this went, but it's do just, you feel, a, do you feel somehow separate? No, I don't. Okay, well, no. It's not that. It's not that I feel emotionally lonely. It's just that mm-hmm. I feel emotionally different. And I guess there's. I, I think it's interesting that I'm also aware of this, and the fact that I am talking about this now kind of yeah. means that I'm also the same. Yes, but also a little different. <laughs> no, but I, it's, I guess it's, there's that's okay. The, yeah, the, the, no, we, of course it's definitely okay, yeah. and I think there's there's yeah. greatness in that difference as well. Exactly, because that was exactly what it's, what I wanted. Yeah exactly what i wanted to say thanks but uh yeah um yeah i have one thing to add since since this is the book episode um (laughs) when when tom was talking about the the benefits of uh of of getting uh or like getting good benefits when you have a job like your Ah. salary is only one thing yes there is a really 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 great book about, about this and it's called never split the difference Ooh. By okay never split the difference just find it there's only one it has a very bright yellow cover it's amazing it was uh, written by the lead hostage negotiator for the fbi oh wow and he he gives these classes now to business people and all all types of people but never split the difference basically it says it all right you you have a you have a preferred outcome and you should not um tone right. down on that because compromise on the important stuff yeah because yeah. you, you yourself have Look come to basically you've come to a conclusion where this is what you want and that when you can't get necessarily a monetary return you can get other benefits that might not be as important to your employer for example yeah but can mean a whole lot of things to you so great book another great book awesome can i, can I formulate that in a different way i don't formulate it and may i formulate it in a different way of course of yeah. course my acting coach gives basically acting for life workshops and this there's a character development technique that she says to that helps us to use for ourselves and it's basically everything in in drama and storytelling and acting it's all about the objective and it reminds me a lot of what you just said because if you go into a negotiation you have a particular objective mm-hmm. and if you lose your objective forget it or give up on it Obviously, you don't get what you wanted, what you came there for. Right. But if you know what your objective is and you understand the ways to get your objective, mm-hmm. then everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. You like, and kind of what you're talking about 
you can concede other points that have nothing to do with your objective exactly, as long yeah. as you stay focused on what you want. Yeah, and it also really helps to know like where this objective came from. Yes. Like really the the, the the making you tick, the resonating with the diamonds. Like this objective is based upon really like your 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 internal happiness, yes. basically. And you cannot need. you cannot um concede on that. Yeah. Or you shouldn't. Beautiful. Yeah, it was uh Boom. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> Give me five. So I will come up with a list and share it on our socials, which are SOP at PurposeDesign.nl. Yes. I did it. So that's um and that's, uh, that's our email address. So you can uh, drop us a line and we will send you the uh, book list. And otherwise we will share it also on our Twitter page, which is I thought you were gonna do this. You always do the Yeah, but what the, the full socials. Oh, you want me to do the full socials? But it's it's just this has gone purpose. off the tracks now. It's at shots of purpose on Twitter. Yes, at shots of purpose. Indeed, I yes. thought you were doing the the Twitter with Brian. The okay. Twitters. Oh, okay, Brian. So it's on Twitter. It's at uh, at shots of purpose. Okay, great. Damn. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we did so much mystery yeah, in there. But so I will post um, the book list there, and if you drop me a line, I will also send it through you via email. Um, I'll put them in the show notes as well. Yeah. Boom, everywhere. Uh, kind of a different episode than we do normally, but I really like to do it in, 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 in this direction as well. It's a, it's a nice, yeah. new, fresh approach to what we also do yeah. and what we also talk about. Let us know what you thought of it. If you, if you thought it was different, if you liked it or not, just let us know. And if you have questions or you have things that you want us to dig deeper in next time, uh, let us know. Rate us five stars and subscribe! Yay! <laughs> You're the you, you say you say this so ironically, but it does help when you yeah. give us five a five star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. And of course, apparently the premium and most important podcasting platform there is out there is also the Apple Podcast platform that has the most weight. So if you are an iPhone user or a MacBook user, go onto that podcast or iTunes app. And give us that. How many times you rehearse this? Damn. Yeah, that it's came so out really smooth with him. It's insane. Nice. But okay. I, I don't rehearse this, but I have listened to a lot of other podcasts who say this. Cool. This, this blah blah. <laughs> That's also why I know that it's so important. Apparently, right? Yeah. Their lawyers say that you. What if it's like a whole? <laughs> what if it's a hoax? What if it's not important at all? Who you know knows? what? Like, I, I think it is. <laughs> it's just I a really big experiment. <laughs> well, I think because, for example, we are we we also like we you can find our podcast on on many of your favorite podcasting apps, and also your not so favorite podcasting apps. But mm. for example, Overcast, I think, and I'm not entirely sure, but Overcast gets the ratings from Apple Podcasts, for example. Ooh, ah, right. So that's right. why, um, and 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 of course, if you rate us a little lo- uh, a little less, because we have a we have a one star rating, um, but like we would love to know why, right? Like just. Oh. Yeah. You have a one-star rating? We have a one-star rating. Aww, why? Please let us know. I'm exactly. curious. Yeah, we just want to know. We want to get better. We, we need this perspective to get better, in, indeed. Tom did it as like a, a <laughs> ploy to get us to, be, to he improve. He doesn't know how the app works. <laughs> he just presses, what is this star? Ooh, stars! <laughs> I like one star. One star is better than five, right? When you're the first star? Um, <laughs> The first star, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Okay. Hey, um, again, thanks everyone for listening and tune in for next time. Have a, have a great, great week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.